that one who's already victorious. The battle's already been won. And so, Lord, when we talk to you, when we hear from you, when we engage you in prayer, Lord, we're battling. But we're battling for a war that's already been won. And so, God, uh, thank you for that reminder. Father, right now, just uh, we come together from all over the place (laughs) to this moment where we join our hearts together. We have a mutual hunger for you. We have a mutual desire to hear from you, to reach out to you, to receive from you today. So, Father, on behalf of all the men and women, boys and girls in different homes, living rooms, environments, devices, God, would you see the oneness, would you see the unity that we bring today as we worship you, as our hearts long for you and love you. And God, today as we focus on one of the most important topics that you've ever given us, may we listen with not just our ears, but our minds and our hearts, and may our wills respond. May we obey to what we're going to talk about today. We ask in Jesus' name. We all said together, amen. Well, good morning. Welcome to Cuyahoga Valley Church. So grateful that you are all here online. I'm going to invite some friends to join me up today. We're kind of sticking with that motif of different, uh, you know, as we're wrapping up 2020. This is the last Sunday of the year, as you know, and we're going to be taking the morning really to lean into uh, the next year. And so I'll tell you about what we're doing in a minute. But I also want to just remind you that we'd love to interact with you. And uh, the best way to do that is through our text response number. And that number is 440-276-5575. So have your phones out, have them ready. And really, there's three immediate ways I can encourage you to uh, respond with the texting. One is if you're new. If you've never uh, been to Cuyahoga Valley Church before, you've never watched before, would you just take that phone out and text new to that number? We'd love to just say hi to you and give you a, uh, give you a gift card and say just thanks for being with us. So if you're new, text new to us right now, and you'll get that digital uh, card and a gift. We'd love to connect with you. Also, if you have a prayer request, you can text the word prayer to that number, and we have a group of faithful people who love to pray over those requests that come in. And so text prayer. And you'll have men and women praying over the request that you send in. Also, the word connect. If at any point in time, you just feel like you need to talk to a pastor, you've got questions, you need help, uh, you need some resources, we have some staff online right now just ready to interact with you. So you can text the word connect to that number, 440-276-5575, and we'd love to uh, connect with you. Uh, Before we dive into our time of teaching, I also want to let you know that this is our last Sunday to collect for our virtual Advent tree. Every year, as a tradition here at Cuyahoga Valley Church, we have an Advent tree, and the funds that we raise from the Advent tree help support local, global, regional ministries uh, in our missions budget. And so there's, there's some deficit there. For, so those of you ready to just help continue to invest in God's work locally, regionally, globally, uh, today is our last day to collect for the digital Advent you can go online to cvconline.org slash advent, uh, or you can use our CVC mobile app and you can get to the advent tree and find opportunities to give there. Well, I've got a panel of friends with me today. I've got some awesome people up here and we're foregoing the whole like one communicator to really do a panel kind of teaching, talking, sharing uh, format today. And what we're doing is kind of instead of wrapping up 2020 in a sense, today we're actually leaning 
leaning into 2021 because uh, next year we're going to be talking about one of the most important topics uh, to the life of a Christian, and that is the gospel. And we're going to be really emphasizing the gospel through the entire year. We're going to be having a teaching series called The Essential Gospel that we're starting uh, here in a couple weeks. I'll tell you a little bit more about what that's going to look like at the end of our time. Uh, But we need to understand as believers what is the gospel and how does it actually shape everyday life. So I have some of my friends here that I'm going to have introduce themselves. And we're going to sit here and just really talk about the power of preaching the gospel to yourself. And for some of you watching, you've never even heard that expression before. Like, what, what does that even mean, right? How do you pray the gospel? How do you preach the gospel to yourself? We're going to tease that out today through uh, our time together. So I want to start off to my far right uh, with Josh. So Josh, why don't you introduce yourself to everybody? Yeah, I'm Josh Stone. I'm the CVC Brunswick campus pastor. Our campus is launching in May. And if you're interested in being part of the team, let me know. Hi, I'm Denise Pitek, children's minister here at CVC. And... That's about it about me. It's fun to have you up here because you're always hiding in the classrooms, loving on the kids and families. So it's great to have you yeah, up here. Yeah, so if I taught you like you're a kid, that's fine. <laughs> I'm Shola Oshuniyi. I'm from Nigeria. I've been in the States for about 10 years, and I've been a member of this church for 10 years. Funny story. We actually, our first Sunday here, we ran into each other in the hallway, and, and it's been friendship ever since. And Shola is an elder candidate. We actually get to vote on him as an elder next month. So he's a current elder candidate as well for Cuyahoga Valley Church. Hi, I'm Lauren Moles. I'm the ministry team director at the new CVC Brunswick campus. Once again, launching this spring, and we'd love to have you. <laughs> so uh, we have a lot of people on our staff, a lot of people uh, in our church that can speak to this topic, but we just grabbed a sampling from some people whose hearts, I think, really resonate with this topic and can speak to it well. But we're going to be talking today about the power of preaching the gospel to yourself. Well, in order to do that, we kind of really need to understand what is the gospel, right? And the difference between the gospel and gospels, because we know, you know, in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are the gospels, but what is this thing called the gospel that we're talking about? So I want to pick on my left side for a minute. So uh, Lauren, why don't you go first, share with us kind of your understanding of what the gospel is. Yeah, so of course we see the gospel written in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Um, but then we also see that the gospel is written from the first page of the Bible all the way to the last. Um, So not only do we have the word of God, but we know that the word of God became flesh. And so the gospel is the person of Jesus Christ um, and the work that he has done past, present, and future. Shola, how about you? Yeah, you know, every one of us, we think of the gospel as Matthew. (laughs) Mark, John, Luke. But the truth is, as what's said by Lauren, you know, it's from Genesis to Revelation. And the gospel is actually the revelation of Jesus Christ. And that's been revealed from the Old Testament into the New Testament. And if we look at everything in the scripture, it's all about the message of Christ, the message of his kingdom, and the purpose for which he came to this world. So it is you know, the teaching and revelation of Jesus Christ. That's great. I'm just going to keep it going. We're going to swing it over to the right here. I'd love to hear from you guys too. What, what, what do you understand the gospel to mean? Denise and then Josh? Yes, I think my working definition is uh, God's work in the world 
through Christ. And we see that work done in salvation. I think that's obviously vitally important to our lives and our eternity. But it's global. It's in every aspect of our, our lives as people. But God's not only interested just in human lives. He's interested in his whole creation. So I like how, I like how uh, that defini- definition kind of zooms out. And it includes when he creates a new heavens and new earth. And it kind of brings all that uh, story to a culmination uh, when Christ comes again. That's great. Thanks. So personally for me, the gospel is just the knowledge that God loves me, God created me, and God has a plan for me. And God wants to be in relationship with me. And that plan was to have that relationship restored through Jesus Christ. So um, just remembering the basicness that God loves me and wants to have a relationship with me. And, and Jesus is the answer. That's great. Yeah, I think, too, a lot of times when I think of the gospel, I, 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 the most simplest form I come to is it's uh, the person and work of Jesus Christ and, and what God's done through the, the person and work of Jesus Christ. And a lot of times, uh, some of the people in our church, and, and this will probably become a growing definition on some level, is just that Jesus lived the life I could never live. He died the death I should have died so that we could have new life now and for eternity. Um, I, I read a book recently uh, on the gospel, and the author's name is Jared Wilson, and I thought he had a very clear and, and, and pretty thorough definition. He said, the greatest good, God, offers the greatest action, love, to the greatest need, wrath owed sinners, by sending the greatest treasure, Jesus, and the greatest invitation to everyone into the greatest life everlasting. And so uh, the gospel. So our encouragement to you is as you start to hear more and more about the gospel in the weeks and months to come, you start to find that working definition of what does it mean when we say gospel. And I think the danger, and this is really kind of where this birth months and months ago through some prayer and some really observation of what's going on in our church is as we watched a lot of our people in 2020 get rocked by job loss, uncertainty, kind of like chronic unpredictability, right? Uh, this, this whole year has been. And then, of course, you throw into that death, sickness, and a lot of the other formats. I think what happened is it exposed a lot of people's, A, understanding of the gospel, and B, whether they actually are preaching or holding on to the power of the gospel every day. And what I saw as a pastor was really kind of an anemic or deficient understanding or um, application of the gospel in our daily lives. And it was really evidenced by how people were navigating a lot of what was going on. So this was kind of birthed out of that, the need to understand the power of the gospel for shaping everyday life. And so um, I want to tease out this question. What does it mean to preach the gospel to yourself. We're going to use that phrase over and over again. What does it mean to preach the gospel to yourself? Josh, why don't you, why don't you go first on that? You know, when I think of how we preach the gospel to ourselves, for me, it's a, it's a reminding, a process of reminding. Um, and I think it's different from, uh, you know, positive thinking. Like you, read, you read kind of popular psychology, you talk about you need to have good, you know, good self-speak, have positive ideas about yourself. And I, I, maybe that's good, but for me, it's a, a reminding of the truth and the fact of who God is. So he's all-powerful, so there's nothing he can't do, right? He's all-knowing, there's nothing he doesn't know about, and he's all-loving. He loves me, and we sh- he showed us that through Jesus Christ. So, okay, 
thinking about God's power, his knowledge, and his love, okay, then how does that impact me? So I was a little, you know, young child. I put my faith and trust in Jesus, and God gave me his Holy Spirit, forgave me my sins. Okay, what does that mean now? Like, I think about, um, like, a day-to-day, like, you know, I've had some time off, and I've been playing with the kids, you know, a six-year-old, four-year-old, and a one-year-old. That's not like, um, you know, uh, you know uh, mentally stimulating activity, right? It's physical. You're down there. You're wiping faces, changing diapers, playing around. So when I think about reminding myself of what God has done in me, it, it, it makes those moments significant. Because salvation is not ultimately about me, but it's about what God has for me, (laughs) how he wants to use me to glorify him. So even this past week, it's like, you know what, you know, uh, God knows me, he loves me, he loves me because he gave me his son, he loves my children. All right, how can I reflect God's love by you know, wrestling around on the, on the couch with the kids. So for me, it, it gives me meaning to the little moments of the day that can sometimes be frustrating. Oh, that's good. How about you, Shola? What does it mean to preach the gospel to yourself, you think? Yeah, I think um, I just mentioned, you know, the first thing is to remind myself of the truth of what the Bible says. You know, there's so many things that is going on that can easily distract us that can easily get us down. I was just talking with Chad not too long ago over there at the cafe. I just remember that a few years ago we were in a very difficult situation. Um, We prayed, we fasted, we did everything, and we couldn't pray anymore. We were just so tired and exhausted. And I felt like reading the book of Psalm. So I started from chapter 1, chapter 2, and at 46, it's like God said, stop. And that says, God is our refuge. A present help in times of troubles. We printed that passage, pasted it everywhere in our rooms, in the bathroom, in the toilet, every single, that when we turn. So that helped us at that point in time to remind us that we need to be still because he's still in control. Even though we haven't seen it, but we knew from that passage that he was in control. You know, true confessions. We we talked about this a couple weeks ago and really wrapped our minds around about what we were going to share. And so, all of us have spoken through this. But Denise, you shared some really neat thoughts um, on what it meant to sh- to preach the gospel to yourself a couple weeks ago. So, when you think again about what does it mean to preach the gospel to yourself, what comes to your mind? Um, well, I really think of Psalm fifty-one, verse twelve, where it talks about remembering the joy of your salvation. Um, so, when I'm in times of trouble. Um, and James chapter 1 tells us we're all going to experience trouble of many kinds. When I'm in times of trouble, um, my best go-to practice is remembering the things God has done. Uh, he moved heaven and earth um, to call me to be his in, with through people, through his word, through situations. Even when I remember the bad things and remember the things he had done, the good that came out of bad things, and and um, it often does. But you have to look for it, and you have to remember about what God says, and what and believe that what He says is true. So I have scripture all over, like Sola Shola. I have scripture on my walls. I have scripture written down. I doodle scripture, um, but the scripture in my office I have is. 
uh, on the wall. So when people come in, that's the first thing they see is First uh, Thessalonians five sixteen through seven eighteen. Uh, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So um, you know. I don't want to sound trivial. My kids say I sound like a Hallmark card when they're in trouble and I quote scripture. Um, but I tell them, that's all I got. <laughs> that's all I got. I have to cling to that, that God loves me and his plan for me is good, um, no matter what it looks like. Um, so remembering the joy of my salvation, remembering what God has done in my past, what God has done as his word, and, and believing that God is good. And I think the the danger that lies um, and lurks for a lot of Christians is we reserve the gospel for the moment of salvation. Okay, I hear these truths about God's love for me. I hear about my sin that's a barrier to my relationship with God. I hear how he broke through that barrier through the incarnation of Christ. And we just celebrated Christmas, the incarnation, right, where, where God came in flesh. And then, you know, Jesus, you know, raised, lived that perfect life that we could never live, right? And then he died on the cross. He rose from the grave, conquering sin, conquering death, um, you know, <laughs> appeared to over, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people to evidence that he was a resurrected uh, person and then ascended to heaven. And a lot of times we take that and, and to use a word that it probably has a very negative emotional reaction now for us, we take that word and we quarantine the word gospel to meaning, oh, it's just the information for when we come to Christ and then we're done. It's, it's, just, uh, it's just a diving board that we launch off into this pool of faith, not realizing, no, the gospel is the diving board and the pool. That, that the way you come to know Christ through the gospel is also the way that you grow in Christ through the gospel. And so I think the power for us when we talk about preaching um, the gospel is when, not if, like we all talked about this a couple weeks ago, when fear, like some of you are afraid right now. There's things going on in your life, you know, sickness, illness, um, death, looming, uh, income, deficiencies. There's fear, there's worry, there's shame, there's guilt, whatever it is. When those start to flood into our life, that's when we come back to the gospel. And we're reminded of how much God loves us, to what lengths he went to to demonstrate that love, to make us his own. And once we're his, we're always his forever. And so the power of the gospel is for every day. It's for every moment. And so it's powerful. We release this power when we come back to that truth of preaching the gospel to yourself. So I think that's very important. Well, a lot of you have mentioned scriptures. Uh, Lauren, I really appreciate what you said earlier uh, and affirmed the gospels from Genesis to Revelation. It's not just the four New Testament books. We see the gospel, you know, from cover to cover. But let's just take a moment here and share uh, at least one of our favorite, I know there's a lot, but one of our favorite gospel verses. So Lauren, why don't you start us off and we'll just, we'll just make a round right here, all right? So one of my favorites is Isaiah 53, 4 through 6. Um, so surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. And we like sheep have gone astray. 
We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And I just love that passage because I feel like it reminds me of what Christ had to go through um, for us, right? The sorrow, the grief, the pain. Um, And it's also a sobering and humbling reminder that there's not one of us um, who hasn't followed our own ways, who hasn't sought the world and our flesh. Um, But yet all of our sins, past, present, and future, were laid on Christ. And they are covered now. Um, and, And he came to bring us the ultimate peace. Um, what a gift. Hmm. Yeah, one of my favorite passages is the book of John, chapter 4. You've got to read the whole chapter to get in the gist of what's going on there. This is where Jesus Christ met the Samaritan woman by the well. And there are quite a lot of things that happen, you know, from that passage. And one of the first things was that Jesus, being a Jew... Meeting with a Samaritan woman cuts across the religious, the cultural, the racial belief of that time. It broke that barrier at that time. It did. And also, he was able to preach to 5,000 people, actually more than 5,000, because that was just the men that were counted. Now, he spoke to one person. He will go at any length to reach anybody at any time. Also, in that same passage, it demonstrated the fact that there is no one that is beyond redemption. Because this woman went to the well 12 noon. I grew up in Nigeria, where you don't turn the faucet in those days and have water. You have to go and fetch water in those days. You know, nobody goes and fetch water in the, mid, in the middle of the day, it's too hot. You know, people go first in the morning or later in the evening. Also, because that's when you have a gist with your friends and catch up on what's going on. But she went in the middle of the day because she did not want anybody to see her. Jesus was waiting and met with her, and she was redeemed. It's a big story of redemption. That there is no one who is beyond redemption. And the last thing was, he was able to teach the disciples about all this stuff I've just mentioned and beyond. Mm. I love how, you know, Lauren, for you, that passage captures so well the substitutionary aspect of Christ taking on. And you're talking about the redemptive value, Shola. You know, the gospel has come to life to you through these passages. You're connecting to the substitutionary atonement. You're connecting to the redemptive aspect, which are powerful. For me, one of my favorites is Romans 116, especially the first part of Romans 116. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God for salvation to those who believe. And there's kind of a three-part there. One, it's not, we're not ashamed. We don't, we don't hide it. We're not quiet about it. You can't shut us up about it. Um, we're not embarrassed by what Jesus did for us. And so we're not ashamed of the gospel, you know, the, who Christ is, what he did. And here's it. It is the power. And what I love about that is it doesn't refer to the power, speak to the power, point to the power. It says right here that the gospel is the power of God for salvation to those who believe. So by itself, it's powerful, but until it's wielded by the believer, you know, and so I think that's what we're trying to get to the heart of is a lot of, a lot of believers are not wielding the power. And so that, that verse has called me back to, to what God has for us in the gospel, that there's power for salvation, and not just for the moment of salvation, but then to walk out your salvation daily after that. I love that verse, Romans 1.16. Denise. And 
I love uh, the message of grace. Uh, so Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, for by grace you have been saved through faith or trust in believing what God says is true. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that uh, no one may boast. And also Romans 5, 8, but God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So as a perfectionist, as a worker bee, um, as someone that was raised and educated in a faith that taught works, um, I'm so thankful uh, because, uh, like Rick Duncan says, I'm a filthy, rotten sinner, and I'm so thankful that I don't have to uh, be perfect, that God knows me, created me, loves me, and it is by his grace that he called me. And uh, so... I'm thankful for grace. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Just to clarify, does Rick say that about you? Does he call you? <laughs> he says that about himself. Oh, okay. I, I just say want to make that sure. about myself. I'll have to call Rick up and be like, huh? <laughs> Not, I'm going to talk no. about what you're saying to uh, Denise. He might think that, but, uh, <laughs> but he knows me and loves uh, me too. <laughs> you know, uh, Denise and I shared the same uh, passage, Ephesians 2, 8, 8, and I like to go through to 10. 10 really is the, the piece that um, for me, uh, kind of helps me the most. You know, by grace we've been saved through faith. This is the gift of God, not by works, lest anyone should boast. Lest anyone should boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, so saved for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So, you know, Denise highlighted that. Grace is the means by which we are saved, and we, it's not for our own doing. It is God? For me, I it, it, it hits me uh, because God created me for a purpose of good works, not just to be saved, not to just to stay saved, but He had prepared beforehand. So here's a job to do: it's good works. I'm creating Josh to do that job, and for me, that. It gives me, um, like I mentioned earlier, a there's an importance to the day. There's an importance to the hour. There's a you don't want to waste your life, waste your time, not because I have to earn my salvation, but there are good works that God had, has already prepared that for me to walk in. That we know the path to joy is is good works, serving the Lord, reflecting His love. So that to me really helps me. That probably skews, that, that my personality probably skews that <laughs> where I focus on that verse. And Denise, maybe your personality, looks, you know, look at eight and nine. So that, that's it for me. I love that. So as, as a family, this one we heard, we've got, we got Isaiah, we've got that atonement, that substitution aspect. We've got John 4, the redemptive element, Romans 1, the power, the belief. We've got Ephesians, we've got the grace piece, we've got the, you know, created to works piece. Like the gospel is so rich and it's so unlimited in how it, it plays out in our lives when we harness what God has for us in living the gospel every day. All right, I'm going to open it up now. I'm going to just trust the Spirit's prompting on this next one because I know as we're talking about this, um, let's tease this out a little bit more. Why is it important? Like, as we've talked about this over the last few weeks and, and really as a team for the last few months, um, why is it important for people to learn this? Like, what will happen to us if we don't learn to preach the power of the gospel to ourselves? And what will happen for us if we do? Like, how is this going to really make a difference in our life? Let's just, let's just press into that a little bit more. So who, who feels like, okay, I want to take that right now? Um, 
Oh, everyone's reaching for microphones. Here, I love it. Here we go. <laughs> okay. Right. Um, if we do preach the gospel to ourselves, um, I think that's going to help us a lot. Um, in the book of Romans 7, it is from 15, it describes the struggle we have with the flesh. How we are always gravitating towards the flesh. But the spirit, and as Paul said, thanks be to God who has set us free. So that will bring us back to walk in the spirit. And also, when we look at what is happening all around us in this world, anywhere in this world, there's so much negativity, so much wickedness, so much sinful things happening. And when we look at um, in John 2, from verse 13, it says, 15, love not the world, nor the things of the world, because all these things will pass away. The only thing that will not pass away is the truth about what God has said. The world is trying to make me believe that what is out there is real. They shine for a moment, but they sting after. Because sin, no matter how it looks pleasurable at the moment, it stings later. It kills. It destroys. So if we preach the gospel to ourselves, we remind ourselves about what the Bible says, we will know that what this shining world is showing us is nothing comparable to the glory that God has reserved for his own. Then we will choose to live according to that glory. That was good. Lauren, I saw you grabbing for that mic. <laughs> I think for me, um, if we do or we don't, Um, preach the gospel to ourselves, it's going to paint a pretty black and white picture, right? It's going to be polar opposites. Um, So so every day, either we're going to wake up and preach the gospel to ourselves, um, and we're going to grow, or we're not, we're not going to preach the gospel to ourselves and we're going to backslide. So it's a day-by-day, minute-by-minute choice um, of either I, I'm growing or I'm backsliding. Um, and so Galatians 5 tells us really what that looks like. Either we're going to be walking in the Spirit or we're going to be gratifying the desires of our flesh, like you were saying, Shola. So I think that black-and-white photo looks like if we're not preaching the gospel to ourselves, then we're going to have a religious attitude. We're going to be like a Pharisee. You know, we're going to have pride. We're going to elevate opinion and thoughts and feelings over the truth of the Bible, um, along with many other things. But then if, if we do preach the gospel to ourselves, if we do actually apply what we say we believe to our lives, um, it's going to look radically different. We're, we're going to be walking by the Spirit where we're going to have relationship with Christ, a true faith. Um, we're going to have humility. We're going to um, speak in love. We're going to be able to admonish one another. Um, we're we're, we're going to be able to correct one another out of love and humility and accept that and receive it. Um, so to me, it just look, it's, it's a daily choice. And it's, you're, you, we all know when we're walking in the spirit or we're not, right? I think people around us know. I know my husband knows. My family knows. Um, so I think it's, it's not a choice for believers. It's not an option to preach the gospel to ourselves. It's an absolute need. I think what's true on that too is, you know, we live in a, in a spiritual family that corrects and encourages, but is we don't take it personal and we can receive it. If we're, if we're preaching the truths of the gospel to ourselves, when a brother and sister in Christ then confronts us out of love, like, hey, here's something in your life that I think needs to be more present or needs to be removed, we're not threatened by that. 
we're not offended by that because we know who we are in Christ. We know that this is done in love. We know the motives behind it are, are gospel-centered. I think that's very, that's very important for us. That's, that's, a, that's a great point. So, Denise, you had a thought? Um, the P-TECH Life Group has a saying, uh, be an overcomer. Um, so I think um, what we're preaching to each other and to ourselves is um, what we know is true. And we can live victoriously in times of trouble if we believe what God said, says is true. So um, good times, bad times. Um, if we're living victoriously, it's preaching the gospel to the world because of our uh, underlying trust in God. That's good. I just want to give another opportunity just, just to lean into this a little bit more. Some of you might be thinking, okay, what, what does this look like? Okay, I, I like what I'm hearing. I think I get it. But what does it really look like to do this in action? Maybe a couple of you can share. Like, what does this look like in your own life? Like, you kind of tapped on that a little bit. But any more elaboration on what does it look like in your own life to preach the gospel? Um, what, what triggers that in your life? And then what happens when you start to go there? And how do you even do that? I know for me, um, I pray through very gospel-rich passages of Scripture. So take Ephesians 2, 8, 9. 10. <laughs> and, and, and also that becomes a, a, a grid for calling me back to um, when, I'm, when I'm tempted to go back to feeling like my worth, my value is going to be measured in, in uh, accomplishment in works and performance. Like, that's how I'm measured in values. Like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm valued because of who I am in Christ. And once I, and once I go there, it releases me to do works out of, out of security, not out of insecurity. And so I know that's, that's one of the ways it looks like in my life. Anyone else want to weigh in on that? How does this look in your life? I think um, something that I've ex- seen and, and experienced in my own life is that, um, say we, say we, we sin. Okay, so we know in Christ, all of our sins, past, present, future, have been forgiven. We are secure. We are redeemed. Um, but what can often happen is when we sin, we actually begin to turn inward. And look how bad I am. Yep. And I, I did this again. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm just, and we begin to think about ourselves more. But that's what sin is. It's a, it's a self-word gaze rather than a God-word gaze. So where I see us improperly preaching the gospel to ourselves is you need to be tougher. You need to get up earlier. You need to, uh, you know, put, put a Bible verse on your lock screen. That, and these things could be good, but if those come before the God is great, he is powerful, he is almighty, he is loving. He has done the work. Man, look at the beautiful snow, how he creates these little snowflakes. We begin to think outside of ourselves. That's the foundation, the basis with which we can preach the gospel. The gospel's not about me. not about you. It's not about people. It's about God. And God shows himself uh, by loving people and the world. Like, we, like... So this is a sidebar. We got little kittens over Christmas. I bought kittens. <laughs> so I'm trying to teach my four-year-old, you know, you, you can't hold the kitty in a headlock because this is God's creation. God cares about all of his creation. He's, you know, so you begin to think about, even as us, God loves the world, people, but everything he's created. That's why you see the galaxies are so, it's just, it's like decadent how big and wide and tall they are. 
So for me, that helps me think about God more. And then, oh, wow, God loves me. Okay, I can, through Christ and his Holy Spirit, experience redemption and forgiveness and victory. That's how it looks like in my life. Mm, It's beautiful. Anyone else want to weigh in on that? I guess I have a practice of looking for God in trouble. Um, I'll go back to when I was a teenager. I had a crime committed against me, a terrible crime committed against me. And um, I struggled and I, I remember remembering, oh, but this good came out of that. And this good came out of, God got me out of a really bad situation. God got me out of these friendships that were putting me in a place of trouble. Um, and that was when I was 13 years old, but I've, and I'm much older than that now, uh, but I've continued that practice. How did God use this trouble for good. I feel like I've been preaching that same gospel this whole uh, hour, but okay. um, but it really is truly a practice I use. Um, what good came out of this trouble? And of course, there's Romans twelve twelve and uh, Romans eight twenty eight um, that God uses all things according to His purposes. That's good. For the good of His people. So. But I love that coming back to. I mean, if God's been preaching the gospel. For eternity. <laughs> we can keep preaching it daily to us. And I really came back to, I thought about Romans 12 too, with what you talked about, the renewing of the mind. Then we come back to the gospel truths. It's, it's part of how God, I think, is helping, helping us renew our minds. It shields us from lies. All of us have lives, lies that flood into our, our mind and our heart, um, triggered by sin, triggered by shame, triggered by fear. And, and the gospel helps deflect and shield from those lies that turn, turn us inward. I think, I think that's good. Well, last question before we start to wrap it up and this is kind of a moment to, to weigh in any last-minute thoughts. As we lean into this in this next year, okay, what's a hope that you have? If, if you could take what you're learning, I think that's the, a key point, not, not that we've learned this. We are learning this. As we are learning the power of preaching the gospel ourselves. what's one hope that you could deliver to your brothers and sisters in Christ and maybe to some unbelievers who are watching online? Like, hey, if I could just share this hope I have for you, this, this hope that I have for us as a church family, here's one hope that's kind of in my heart and mind as we move forward. So, Lauren, I saw you grab that mic, so we're going. I would say one of my hopes, one of my prayers would be um, for myself, for the congregation, is to have a greater faith in the God of the Bible, to have a greater intimacy um, with God, um, because I believe that that's where it starts. Um, really, we are sanctified by faith alone. Um, And so as our faith grows, then we are able to rest in who God is and what he promises us. We are able to trust him, um, and we're ultimately able to delight in him. So it's not based, we're not focusing on our circumstances, but we're ultimately resting and meditating and focusing on him. That's great. Josh? Um, I would say our hope, my hope for our congregation is to get back on your horse in relationship (laughs) with the Lord. I don't know anybody who's like, ooh, this COVID thing has been a growth spurt in my Christian walk. It's whatever you can do, whatever, I think Denise had some really great suggestions, like put the scripture in, in, in practices. 2021 is the year God wants to use your 2020 to grow in him, a better understanding of the gospel, living the gospel out in your day-to-day lives and your relationships, and all these opportunities you're going to have in 2021 to be around people, to share the gospel as you've grown in the gospel. So I would hope that people 
we have a renewed emphasis and a renewed emphasis in our own hearts about the essential gospel to get back on the patterns and disciplines of attending church, attending life, reading your Bible, praying, giving, serving, those things that we've all been disrupted in. That's good. Sure. Yeah, in my time, 10 years living in the States, I've discovered that sometimes we Christians look at the scripture through the race, the politics, or whatsoever. It should be the other way around, where we allow the scripture and the gospel to be the lens through which we view every other things that is happening in our life. I think we call it the other way around. So I pray and I hope that we will come to a, a, a position in which this scripture will be the basis upon which we view every other thing and we discuss on every other thing. That's good. Denise? I was just thinking a lot about 2020. We heard words unprecedented, never before. This Christmas was so different. Um, but I was thinking, well, what we know from God's word is that God's never different. God's never changed. That this gospel has been the same since Genesis 1. And before Genesis 1, God existed. And um, so I would say just remember that, that God is an ever-present force that has never changed. And um, I would say to put away the guilt. Um, I can tell you, I'm not in the scripture every day, and I want to be, and I have a huge guilt uh, complex. But I have a plan uh, to stay in God's word. And so none of us up here have lived a sinless life. And uh, my inability to forgive myself has been a big stumbling block in my walk. So God forgives you. God loves you. Each day is a new day to live for him. That's good. I agree with all four of you and, and resonate with all you shared. I would add, add to that, and I'm stealing a term from a guy named Jeff Vanderstelt who wrote a book on this, a book that we're recommending this year. Um, I'd love to see all of us become more gospel fluent. You know, if any of you have ever studied another language, right, um, there's a moment that happens where you kind of get through the mechanical nuts and bolts of trying to learn how to talk to, you become fluent, where you, you hear it through that language and you can speak that language. And, and I think for all of us, become more fluent in the gospel, where as, as the world throws all it's going to throw at us, uh, we hear it through a gospel filter. And then as we walk it out in our life, as we speak to our spouses and we speak to our kids and we speak to our neighbors and our coworkers and strangers, all of a sudden what's coming out is, is the gospel in its fluency. Um, that's my hope and heart as a pastor is that, that we'll all become more fluent in how to speak the gospel and walk the gospel. So, well, we're going to pray in a minute. I'm going to have a couple of you pray, but just as we wrap it up here, I hope that this time has been very beneficial for you. I hope that this is, this is really kind of an appetizer to what's about to come for, for really an entire year. We want to emphasize this gospel that God's given us and, and, and utilize the power and all that we've talked about today. Uh, one question I want to leave with you. Like when you log off today, don't like, oh, 
we're done. Get off the couch. Move on to what's next. Would you just linger for a few minutes? And if you're with other people, ask this question. What was one helpful insight for you today? Like, what's one insight today that was just worth your time logging on and listening to this? And uh, if you're alone, uh, pick up the phone and text or call or FaceTime someone and have a conversation about this. What was one insight today that was, was really helpful to you? Um, also, again, if you need to connect with someone, uh, text the word connect to our response number, and we'll, we'd love to get in touch with you. And uh, there might be someone here watching right now that you don't have a relationship with Christ. Like this gospel is new to you. And so you're hearing it for the first time, but God's already provoking belief in your heart. Uh, text the word Jesus to our response number, and that's your way of saying, I need and want a relationship with with Jesus. And we'll get in touch with you to share you a little bit more about the gospel and what it means for not just your life here on earth, but more importantly, your life in eternity. And one common theme you've heard from all of us is the importance of your personal time with God in the scriptures. Uh, your Bible is the most important tool you have uh, to grow in the gospel. Your prayer life is, is second. And then, of course, you've got the community of faith. But one tool that we uh, all want you to get in your hands this year, uh, our 2021 Bible reading plan is in place. You can find that online on the website. But we have a daily devotional. It's a New Testament uh, daily read, one day for each day of the year for 21. And each uh, day will give you a couple of New Testament verses and a psalm. Shola talked about the power of psalms. And uh, some reflection questions and a prayer prompt. We've got a thousand of these. All of you need to have one in your hand. And so uh, you're, good luck finding one online. Uh, we looked. <laughs> uh, God provided a thousand from another church that had them sitting in a, in a closet. But there is an e-book. You can just get the Bible verses that we're going through for each day on the Bible reading plan. But we highly recommend this Devo. And so it's yours. We want you to have it. Suggest a donation of $5. But if you don't have 5 bucks, just get one. Show up to church sometime during the office this week, during the office hours. Get your hands on those. And um, starting... One one twenty one, um, as Josh was encouraging us and all of us have spoken to here, get in the Word of God, and and so we want all of you guys to have one of these. Get it in your hands. With that, um, Shola, I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to ask Denise just to just to close this moment in prayer, and then after that, we're going to get back to some worship and declare through song some of what we've talked about. So, would you guys lead us, please? Precious Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time in your presence. We thank you for those who are at home right now, or the families who are listening, who are watching, and those who will watch later. Father, Lord, as we are reminded about the power of the gospel, we ask, Lord, that you will please strip us of those things that want to take us away from understanding and following your will, and fill us with your Holy Spirit afresh. That even as, as we move to this new year, Lord, we will begin a new walk with you to grow deeper and closer to you and to renew that love relationship with you. Help us, Father God. In Jesus' name we ask. Father, I love you. I thank you, Father, for your love for us. I thank you for calling us. I pray, Father, for everyone listening today, that you open their eyes and their hearts and their spirits to hear you, to see you in a new way, and to believe what you say is true, Father. 
thank you uh, that you have a plan for each of us, Father, that you didn't create us in vain. You created us for your pleasure, for our salvation, and for your good, Father. So take those who are struggling with belief, Father, and give, give them some joy today. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen.